0: If you have your scripture or have your Bible, however you access it, if you have a tablet or your phone or however you access the scripture, we're going to be reading today from uh, Philippians chapter 4 and beginning with that first verse. And we're going to read our text again this morning. So Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1. And Paul is writing to the Philippian church. And he says, and I'm reading the English Standard Version, he says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand fast in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat you, and Syntyche, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, Help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. In verse 4, he says, Rejoice always in the Lord. And again, I say, Rejoice. And then in verse 5, he says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, he says, think on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning and ask that you bow your heads, and we will pray together and ask the Lord for his help and anointing as we try and minister his word today. Father, we are very thankful today for the opportunity that we have to be in the house of God. We are grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed, And that we have felt as we have sang praises unto you this morning. And as we have worshipped your name, we have felt the presence of the Lord. And for that, we are thankful and we are grateful. We come to the reading and the expounding of your word. And Lord, I, I, I confess readily and openly that I cannot do anything on my own. I stand completely in need of your anointing to help me. Give me liberty, I pray, in the house of God to speak. I pray that you would impress upon my heart the words that should come forth from this mouth. Let it come forth under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to penetrate hearts that hear your word. Let everything that is said and everything that is done here this morning be said and done to glorify Christ and to edify the people of God. I pray today, Father, that you will give me liberty in the house of God. Let me be an instrument in your hand and use me to further the work of your kingdom in our hearts. And for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful, and we will be eternally thankful. And we ask them this morning... In Christ's name, and everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. Amen. So as you are aware, last Sunday we started a two-part sermon series that I titled Walking Into a New Year. And with these two messages, last week and this week, we are looking at the instructions of the Apostle Paul who shares with the Philippian church six principles that he says will allow them, and I quote, to walk in the peace of God. And then he says, and I quote again, it will allow you to walk in peace that passes all understanding or all human comprehension. That kind of peace that you can't even describe. So last week I shared with you that I believe the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart these six principles that Paul teaches in our text and how they need to apply to each one of us in our everyday lives. I shared with you last week three of those principles, and this week I want to share three more with you. And I will just remind you of a couple of things as we get into the scripture this morning. Paul tells them that if they will apply these principles to their life, that God would allow them to live and walk and and enjoy an inner peace that passes all human understanding. I also related to you last week that this text is a part of the apostles' closing remarks. As he writes the book of Philippians, this is part of his salutation. Our text is part of his salutation. And as Paul speaks to the church, he calls them his joy and his crown. And he begins to tell them how much that he loves them and how much that they mean to him. He says they are his crown and his joy. He's saying that they are the fruit of his labor in ministry. They are a source of satisfaction and a source of gratification in his efforts as he has labored to minister the word of God to them. He looks upon them as a spiritual father who takes pride and satisfaction in his children. And as a spiritual father or as any father, amen, that father desires for his children to enjoy the very best. And Paul is telling them that he loves them and he takes great pleasure in their commitment unto the Lord. And he shares with them these six principles that will allow them to prosper in the peace of God. And the first, th- the first three things that I touched upon last week, the first one that Paul says to them was stand fast. He said the first principle that you need to apply to your life if you're going to enjoy the peace of God is you have to stand fast in the Lord. You have to remain unmovable. I shared with you last Sunday that the Greek word for stand fast is stikeo. It is a military term and it means to remain stationary, to remain unmovable, to persevere or to be persistent. What he is telling them is hold fast to your relationship with God. I don't know what 2021 will bring, but I will tell you this morning that I know who has promised that he will never leave us and never forsake us. I don't know what 2021 will bring, but I know whom I have committed my life to, and I know that he holds me in the palm of his hand. Amen? So the first thing that he says is to stand fast in the Lord. I say to you again this morning, as I did last week, if we are going to enjoy an inner peace in our hearts, in the world that is filled with turmoil and uncertainty and trouble, we will need to stand fast in the Lord. Unmovable, unshakable grounded in God. If we are going to sense any source of tranquility in this world, it will be because we have anchored our trust in the rock of ages. If we are going to enjoy any kind of peace in a world that is searching for peace, then it's going to be because we have put our trust in the Lord. Amen. It's going to be because we have placed our past our present, and our future in him. So the first thing that we need to realize at the, the peace of God, the peace of God, our peace with God starts by standing strong in the faith and being steadfast and unmovable in the Lord. The second thing that I spoke to you about last week was uh, being, being settling our differences, And I pointed out that Euodia and Syntyche, the Bible said that they had some sort of a disagreement going on. And Paul called them out and said, I want you to tell them that they need to agree in the Lord. He's telling them that they need to learn how to get along. He's telling them that they need to learn how to resolve their personal conflicts. He's telling them that they need to learn how to dwell together in unity and agreement. And the principle that he is teaching is that we need to make a personal choice to agree in the Lord with one another. If we're going to enjoy peace in this new year, then we're going to have to know how to learn how to walk in unity and agreement with others. That doesn't mean that we agree with everyone about everything, but it means that we do not obtain a disagreeable spirit. Can you say amen? So, and the third thing that I shared with you last week is we need to resolve to learn how to rejoice. We need to learn how to count our many blessings in the Lord every day. Amen. Paul is telling them, don't forget to count your blessings. Don't Uh, Don't forget to stop and consider all that God has already done for you. So those are the three principles that I shared with you last week. Stand fast in the Lord. Settle our differences. Resolve to rejoice. And now we will move into the next three things that the Holy Spirit has kind of laid upon my heart. The fourth thing that I believe that Paul teaches here in this text is he tells them to pray for a gentle spirit he tells them to learn how to pray for a gentle spirit it's in verse 5 he says let your reasonableness let your reasonableness be known to everyone the lord is at hand Greek scholars tell us that the word reasonableness or the word that's translated reasonableness could be translated with other, uh, other adjectives or other words. Uh, other viable possibilities include, and the King James uses this translation, let your moderation be known to every man. Uh, the American Standard uses this particular word, let your forbearance be known. Be known unto others. Amen. What he is saying, there there are several viable possibilities. Amen. A gentle character. He's saying display a gentle character. Have a gentle conduct or a gentle behavior. Have a mild or a calm demeanor. One of the commentary writers that I read said have an inner calmness. For the Lord is at hand. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5 in the King James says, Let your gentleness be known unto all men. For the Lord is at hand. The message translation puts it this way. Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you are on their side working with them and not against them. He's telling us that we need to have a gentle kind of spirit or a gentle kind of conduct. Pastor Gary, how can we apply that to our lives? Amen. I thought about that, and the Lord gave me a question. Here's the question. Would people that we know best consider us to be a gentle person? Would people that we know, people that you know, would they consider you to be a gentle person? Let me put it another way. Would the people that you like the least consider you to be a gentle person? (laughs) Then you don't have a gentle spirit. Hello? Amen. It's easy to be gentle around nice people. It's easy to have a gentle spirit when we agree and we get along. It's easy to have a gentle spirit when we're around people who love us and hold the same views that we hold. It's, it's easy to have a gentle spirit around people who are like-minded. But here's the real test. Can we be gentle around those that mistreat us? Can we be gentle around those that disagree with us? Can we be gentle around those that despitefully use us and say all manner of evil against us? Can we respond with a gentle heart when someone mistreats us? You say, how can you do that? Can we be like Jesus, Uh, even hanging on the cross and say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they even do? That's where the rubber meets the road. I submit to you this morning that it's possible. But it is only possible through the help and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. But the only way that we can is if we continually pray that the Lord will allow us to walk in a spirit that bears the fruit of the Holy Ghost. And the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Amen. And I know we all live in a world, you know, where the flesh at times wants to rise up and go. Bless God, you want a piece of me. I will just let you have a piece of me, right? Get in my face and, Bubba, I will knock you out. That's our fleshly attitude. But God is wanting. A, but that doesn't bring peace. That doesn't bring the peace of God that passes all understanding. If you want to dwell in peace, pray God, give me a gentle heart. Give me a gentle spirit. Allow me to pray for those that mistreat me and allow me to have a gentle kind of spirit, a gentle behavior and a gentle conduct toward others that disagree with me and those that don't hold my same views and those that don't hold my same values. Amen. Let me just tell you this morning that God is for a people that walks in the fruit of the Spirit, which is gentleness. Here's what the Bible tells us about a gentle spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 3, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called. I'm, I, he's saying, I want you to walk worthy of the calling that you were called with. We were called to come to Christ. And he says, walk worthy of that calling. How can we do that? With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He's saying that if we, if we walk humbly and we walk with a gentle spirit and if we walk with long-suffering and forbearing one another, amen, and looking the other way when we could point a finger at someone's failure, he's saying that if we will walk with a gentle spirit, we will keep the spirit of unity in the bond of peace. Hmm. Titus chapter 3 and verse 2. God's Word translation. He said, believers should not curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. I, 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 I confess to you when I read that, I was, I was a bit convicted because I have driven Highway 16. And I, maybe not have shown courtesy to everyone. (sighs) Hello? Hey, he's saying believers should not curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. That's the kind of behavior that he wants us to have. Colossians 3 and 12, again, the God's word translation. He says, as holy people, whom God has chosen and loved. Be sympathetic, be kind, be humble, and be gentle, and be patient. 1 Peter 3 and 15, he said, Beloved, in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is in your life, and yet do it, With gentleness and respect. He's not telling us that we can't tell people the truth, but he's telling us to do it in the right attitude and with the right kind of spirit. Do it with gentleness and respect. Walking into the new year with the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to take us standing fast in the Lord and refusing to be moved out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's going to mean that we have to make a genuine effort to restore relationships with others. And it's going to mean that we resolve to give God the praise and the thanks for the things that he has done in our life and the things that he is worthy of. Amen in counting our blessings. And it's also going to mean that we are going to have to pray, "Don't Lord, don't let me fly off like a loose cannon, but let me abide in a gentle calm spirit with others when they rub me the wrong way." Let me ask you a question. What comes out when your cup gets bumped? Hello? What comes out when your cup gets bumped? How many ever had your cup bumped? Somebody rubbed you the wrong way. I call them grace builders. <laughs> and you just might be someone's grace builder, so don't laugh too loud. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Number, four, number five, the fifth thing that I believe that Paul shares with them here in this text, the fifth thing that he says to them is pray about everything. Pray about everything. Look at verse six, if you still have your Bible open or your tablet open or whatever. In verse number six, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The first thing I want to point out is notice that the passage begins by saying, do not be anxious about anything. He's saying instead of worrying about something, pray about it. Instead of worrying, he tells us to pray. In fact, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Don't be anxious. That word anxious could be translated worry about anything. Don't be apprehensive. Don't be fretful. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when uh, sleep, you know, fled from me because I just tossed and turned, worrying about a particular situation. You've been there. So what? What causes us to toss and turn and cause unrest in our heart? What Paul is saying is, stop worrying about it and give it to God. If you want, if you want to disrupt your peace. Just start worrying about something. And your worry will rob you of your peace and your tranquil heart, right? Stop worrying about it and give it to God. I have said this before, and I will say it again this morning, that worry is basically a wasted emotional energy. I, 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 I read a article here not long ago about a gentleman who did some research. His name was Dr. Walter Calvert. And here's the research that he studied and what it yielded. He says that 40% of the things that people worry about never happen. 40%. Of the things that people worry about never happen. 30% of things that people worry about are things that already happened in the past. We're up to 70%. 40% of it never happens. 30% of it already did happen. 12% of the worries are unfounded health issues. How many of you ever visited WebMD? WebMD. And you're like, oh, my God, (laughs) I've got three months. 12% of the worries are unfounded health issues. 10% of our worries are about petty and insignificant issues. And his research concluded that only 8% of what people worry about is a legitimate concern. Do you know what that means? It means that 92% of our worries are just wasted energy. Worry is like stewing without doing. I've said this before. Worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it will get you nowhere fast. Amen. Worry will rob you of your peace. It will rob you of the joy of the here and now. And what Paul is telling us is if we want to walk in the peace of God and walk in the tranquility of God, then we need to stop worrying about things and cast our cares upon the Lord because He cares for us. And when we stop worrying about it and trust in God, amen, God is able to keep us uh, no matter what we are going through. Hmm. Worry is sinful because it's telling God I can't trust you. Hello? We are basically telling God I don't believe that you are capable of keeping me in this world. It's sinful because it demonstrates a lack of of faith in God. What does the Bible say in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6? It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here's what Jesus said about worry in Matthew chapter 6. In verse 31 through 33, he said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all of these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all of these things. He knows he knows that you have to meet the bills. He knows that you have to have food in the house. He knows that you have to have a way to pay the mortgage. He knows that you need all of these things. Stop worrying about it. You can't change it anyway. You are wasting your, resource, your energy, your resource. You're robbing yourself of your peace, and you're telling God that he's not able. And you're walking in fear instead of faith. Hmm. he said he knows that you have need of all of these things and here's what he tells us to do instead seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness in other words he's saying put god first in your life and all of this other stuff that you are worrying about will be added to you All of the stuff that you are worrying about, he says, God will add to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 said, a person's worry or anxiety will weigh him down, but an encouraging word makes him joyful. Proverbs 12 and 25 in the New King James says, anxiety or worry in the heart of a man will cause Depression, but a good word makes it glad. Amen. First Peter five and seven says, Cast all of your worry upon him. First Peter five and seven in the God's word says, turn all of your worries over to God because he cares for you. So I came to tell you this morning: if you want to walk in some peace in this new year, turn all of your worries over to God. He knows what you have need of, and if you will put Him first, all of the other stuff you are worried about will be added to your life. Hmm. Philippians four six to seven: Never worry about anything. But in every situation, let God know what you need in prayer and requests while giving thanks. Amen. Saints of God, I submit to you this morning that worrying about the past or worrying about the future will only rob us of the joy of the present. So Paul gives us three pieces of advice here. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything with thanksgiving and with expectation his principle is turn all of your worry into prayer turn all of your worry into prayer pastor Gary I don't have time to pray let me just stop you for a minute if you have time to worry you have time to pray mm-hmm. I don't have to I don't have time to pray about it like I want to No. if you got time to worry about it you got time to pray step into the new year by putting all of your worries and your anxieties in the hand of the Lord. And when we do that and we trust in God, it brings a peace that passes all understanding. It brings a peace to our heart. Stand fast in the Lord. Settle our differences. Resolve to rejoice. Pray for a gentle spirit. And, and, and don't worry about anything but pray about everything. And the and the sixth thing that he says here in the text that he shared with the Philippian church is starting in verse eight. He says, finally, brothers, sisters, whatever is true. Now listen to this, listen to this, watch it, watch it build, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything that is excellent, if there's anything worth praise, then here's what I want you to do. Think on those things. Think on those things. Amen. Paul, uh, Paul's first principle is to, is to live by guarding our thoughts. Or the final principle that he shares with us is, is to guard our thoughts. The average person, I looked this up, the average person has, they say, about 10,000 separate thoughts each day. My wife, you know, she was talking about, you know, being a Mary and a Martha, and she's a Martha, and she just, you know, goes about, you know, and with all the love that I can. I call her the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Because she comes into my life going, and I'm left just, you know, like, some, you know, I mean, you know, she is going all of the time, just, I mean, just moving, you know, just, you know, and she may have more than 10,000 thoughts a day, but the average. The average is 10,000 thoughts a day. That works out to be about 3.5 million thoughts a year. And by the time we're 75 years old, we will have thought about 260 million different thoughts. Already alone today before noon, they say that we have thought over 2,000 separate thoughts by the time we have gotten out of bed. And before we go to bed tonight... We'll, we'll think at least another 8,000. And here's Paul's principle. He says, sin begins in the mind. The battle is in our mind. So he says, guard your thoughts. If you want to live in peace and you want to have peace in this world, be careful what you are thinking about. And he even tells us, you know, don't think on certain things, but he says, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is, you know, holy, if there's any, if there's any excellence, then think on these thoughts. I want to, I want to share something with you in the Greek. It, it, it's a present tense or the command is a present tense. And he is literally saying, if there is any good, then stop keep thinking on those things don't don't deviate to think on something else he's saying keep on thinking about these things what paul is saying that is if we will fill our mind with godly thoughts If we will fill our mind with godly truth, if we will fill our mind with honorable thoughts, if we will fill our mind with whatever is just and whatever is pure, if we will fill our mind with whatever is lovely and commendable and whatever is excellent and whatever is worthy of praise, uh, he's saying that we will dwell in peace with God. So I challenge you this morning, if you want to walk into the new year and enjoy peace in your life, amen, keep your mind stayed upon the Lord and God will give you peace. When you get your mind off of the things of God and start looking at all of the troubles in the world, you're going to have fear begin to invade your spirit. Do you remember when they were out on the boat and Jesus, amen, came walking to the disciples, uh, amen, on the water in the storm? And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and started walking on water as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord. But when he got his eyes off of the Lord, the Bible said he began to sink. I tell you this morning, it is the same principle. Whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, think on, those, let those things dominate your mind. The psalmist said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Uh, oh God, what he's saying is, let my mind be stayed upon the Lord. Isaiah 26 and 3. It says, Thou wilt keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, because he trusts in thee. Romans 5 or verse 8, 5. Chapter 5, verse, or chapter 8, verse 5. Lord God help me. <laughs> Romans 8 and 5. This is what it says. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are of the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. And then listen to this. He says, and to be carnally minded, to be earthly minded, to allow your thoughts to just remain on earthly things, to be carnally minded is death. What kind of death? Spiritual and physical. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Be spiritually minded. Keep your mind upon the things of God, and you will find life and that more abundant and peace that passes all understanding. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Paul said that we need to cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let that sink in for a minute. He's saying whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure, whatever things... uh Uh-oh, that don't belong there. (laughs) Then bring it into captivity. And bring it under the obedience of Christ. And bring it under obedience to the word of God. Pastor Gary, does that mean you always have pure thoughts? No, I have birds that fly by once in a while. But the truth is, you don't have to let them build a nest. Hello? He's saying keep every thought into captivity and under the obedience of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5, he says, let this mind be in you. What kind of mind? The same kind of mind that was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 1 and 13, he says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. He's saying, be careful what you think. And when I was a child in Sunday school, you know, they used to sing a little song that said, Be careful little ears what you hear be careful little eyes what you see hello be careful little feet where you go all of those avenues are a gateway into our spirit and paul is saying if you want to dwell in the peace of god then whatsoever is lovely whatsoever is pure Whatsoever is just, whatsoever is of a good report, whatever is excellent, if there be anything worthy of praise, then let those things be your thought life. Think on those things. As we walk with God into 2021, we need to remember that if Christ is living on the inside of our hearts, then we have the power to obey every command in the passage that we have been studying. It is all in Christ, all virtue, which means all power, all beauty, all holiness, all truth, all that is good and all that is holy is found in him and he can be found in us. Mm-mm. My message this morning and last Sunday is not some abstract philosophy or some to-do list, but it is a call for a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you want to, to walk into 2021, amen, with the peace of God in your heart, then my message this morning is simple, that as we walk into the new year, do so holding on to the nail-scarred hand of Jesus. Cling to him, rest in him, honor him, live in him, abide in him, and trust in him, and he will fill your heart with his peace. If we will stand fast in the Lord, settle our conflicts, settle our differences, resolve to rejoice, pray for a gentle spirit, pray about everything, and stop our worrying and guard our thought life, then verse number seven in our text tells us the result. Paul says, and the God, or the peace of God, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, The peace of God that passes all human comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that you can live in surroundings that it seems like everything is just falling apart and still have joy and peace in your spirit? How can you know for sure, Pastor? There is example after example within the word of God about that very thing. You can have joy and peace in the middle of uncertainty. How do you know that? 2020. Hello? 2020. Amen. God can give you an inner calm and an inner peace and an inner tranquility when all of the rest of the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But we need to apply all of these things, make sure that our relationship with the Lord is standing on firm ground, stand fast in him. Refuse to have conflict with others. And, if the, and that doesn't mean you're always going to be able to avoid conflict. But what I'm, what I'm saying is when there is conflict, find a resolution. Be a peacemaker. That's what he asks us to be, right? Peacemakers. Be a peacemaker. Amen. Be gentle. Resolve to rejoice and pray instead of worry and guard your thoughts. And the peace of God. Which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Bow your heads, please. And we'll close the message today. I tell you with an assurity from God's word that He desires for each one of us to enjoy a peace a peace in our mind, a peace in our heart, knowing that, yeah, there may be trouble around us, but I just believe that everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to turn out all right. I have a peace, I have a comfort in my heart because my relationship is strong with Christ. Because I have applied the principles that He lays out in his word to bring peace that passes all understanding. If you're here this morning and not all of those principles have been applied in your life, then before the day is out, before the service is out, I pray that you will resolve to apply those principles. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so grateful, Lord, for the things that you have brought to our attention. And we, do, we, we don't know, we do not understand what the future may hold. But our fate, our hope, is resting in you. That no matter what comes our way, you are going to be there to see us through. That you are going to be there to be Jehovah Jireh and meet our needs. That you are there to be Jehovah to Sid Canoe, our righteousness. That you are there to be Jehovah Shamma, the Lord, our peace. Help us to understand that no matter what this new year holds, you hold the times and the seasons of our life in the palm of your hand. And that we are yours, and as your little children, when we cast our care upon you, you care for us. And that you oversee us. We are the sheep of your pasture. We are your flock, We are your people. We are your children. We are your sons and your daughters. And you are our Father. Help us to rest in that peace. Help us to rest in that knowing and in that understanding. In Jesus' name, and help us, I pray, apply each of these biblical principles to our life, that we may know the peace of God that passes all understanding. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come and sing.